This is Attack of the 20th Century. Thank you for joining us as we explore science fiction, fantasy, and horror films of the 20th century. I'm your host, Jeff. And I am your other host, Mike. Welcome to episode 48. We kick off our spooky season series with the 1967 Soviet film, V. Look for us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Attack of the 20th Century. That's 20TH. We post our next movie selection there. You can comment, give your thoughts, and they just might make it on the air. As always, you're welcome to email us at attackofthe20thcentury at outlook.com. We always start with what we've been watching. So, Mike, what you been watching? So, my wife and I, my wife actually just went recently on a trip to visit a friend. Uh, and uh, her, her and her friend kind of started this show. Uh-huh. And she came back and she's like, we, we got to watch this. Because I, I think they only watched like half a show or maybe the first episode. Uh-huh. And uh, it's Bad Sisters. And it's it's on Netflix. Okay, uh, it's the story of five sisters that I think they're in England somewhere. I don't know exactly where. It's along the coastline, somewhere along the coastline. Uh-huh. But one of the sisters is married to just like kind of like scum of the earth type of guy. Um, just not a very nice person that causes chaos amongst the family. Oh, and it starts out that he is dead. Mm. And someone killed him. And then it like goes back in time and starts showing, you know, that multiple sisters were thinking about knocking him off. So <laughs> you don't really know exactly what happened, but uh, I think we're about three or four episodes in now. And okay. I have to say, I kind of enjoy it. It's a good show. It's, you know, it's popcorn-y, but it's, it's good. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Sounds really cool. Yeah, I think Kim would like that one too. Like yes. Murder mystery type situation. Yep. Well, very cool. Do you remember the 1987 film Mannequin? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. So me and my youngest watched that the other night. And we were researching different elements of the movie, the actors, and just kind of the origin of the film. And what we found was Mannequin really borrowed a lot from the film called One Touch of Venus from 1948. Oh. And lo and behold, it's free on one of these Crackle, I think, the streaming service. There's so many different free streaming services out now. Yeah. Uh, but too many. Yeah, too many, really. <laughs> <laughs> so we found it. It's black and white, but it stars Ava Gardner and Robert Walker, which I didn't know him by name, but he was in Strangers on a Train, Alfred Hitchcock film. And of course, Ava Gardner is like a legend in oh, cinema. Yeah. There are a few musical numbers. It's much like Mannequin in the sense of a lot of hijinks, a lot of silly comedy. But in One Touch of Venus, instead of it being a magical mannequin, it's a magical statue that's worth 200 grand. And it's the same kind of thing where the guy is working in the shop, he's alone with her, and for some reason he kisses her on the lips, and when he does, she comes to life, and it's the goddess Venus, and guess what? She's crazy about him, crazy in love with him, and everyone's wondering... I guess some of the shenanigans are what happened to our expensive statue. That's like the oh. big thing. You know, where did it go? You were last seen with it. Yeah, I'd be mad. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, this guy has a fiance who's not too thrilled about Ava Gardner showing up on the scene. So this week we watched V, or 
Vi or however yeah. <laughs> you want to pronounce it. But if you have not seen this movie, I would highly suggest you maybe pause the podcast uh, and go watch it because it's it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then come back, of course, to our podcast and let's talk about the movie together. Yeah. So just so you know, the, the, the movie got a pretty good Rotten Tomatoes score, 88% from critics and 80% from, from audience. Nice. So it's actually not bad. Yeah, yeah. And I would agree with that. For the 100 people that saw the film, 88% liked it, right? <laughs> well, don't forget about the, the, the Russian crowd, you know, in 1967. I don't know how many theaters they had there, but it was a wide release yeah. in Russia. So I just wish like, I could go to opening night in the Soviet <laughs> Union and watch this movie. Like, I wouldn't want to stay there. I'd want to like, fly away right afterwards. But what yeah. does that scene look like? Well, instead of popcorn, they were eating little pieces of bread. (laughs) (laughs) I saw it was described as the first horror film made in the Soviet Union. Yeah. And it's actually Ukrainian. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube for free. So check it out there. It's also on AMC Plus and Shudder. Now, did you watch this one dubbed in English or did you hear it? No, I saw the YouTube one that was free and it was uh, c- uh, captioned. Okay. Um, which I'm kind of glad. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like dubbing always kind of, I don't know, there's something about it just kind of yeah. takes away from the movie, I feel like. Yeah. So it's funny, our experiences will be different then because I watched it on Shudder and it was dubbed. Interesting. But the dub okay. job wasn't bad. Like, no, it didn't bother me. So the film opens at a seminary where it's evident that the students there are rowdy and unruly and lovers of vodka. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think what we've learned from this movie is men of 1967 that live in Russia, you may have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you like to drink. They even like, they did something with the Bible and a goat. Do you remember that? They were trying to like (laughs) make the goat read the Bible. Yeah. I don't know what that was. Uh, But as the group gets a few days off, three students stumble upon the home of an old ugly witch. And she makes advances towards the one known as Coma Brutus, a.k.a. the philosopher. So for much of the time, I'll refer to him as the philosopher because most of the film, the townspeople call him philosopher. Yeah, that's what they call him. Yeah. She gets on his back and takes him for a flight. When they land, the philosopher grabs the witch's broom and beats her to the brink of death. Unfortunately, the woman transforms into this beautiful young woman. The philosopher kind of freaks out and runs back to the seminary and tries to pretend like nothing happened, but leaves her for dead. Not a shining moment for our hero of this film. Hero. Quotation. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, unquote, hero. So we later learned she's asked for the philosopher by name to speak prayers at her deathbed. And her father, a rich and powerful man in the village, sends for him. When the philosopher arrives, she's already passed away. And this arrangement changes then at this point. The father demands the philosopher spends three nights in a church with his daughter's corpse to pray over her. I imagine he's praying her into heaven is the hope, right? Which that's just, let's be honest, that's a really creepy, even if this is a normal situation, (laughs) that is just, I wouldn't want to do that. No, no. If the philosopher complies, he'll get a thousand pieces of gold. And if he chickens out, he'll get a thousand lashes. So I'll I'll take the gold. Yeah. The first night, 
guess what? The witch awakens and attacks the philosopher, but he's drawn a sacred circle around himself and his Bible. We deduce that the witch can't see, and the sacred circle has created some sort of invisible barrier. After a little bit, a rooster crows, the sun comes up, and the townspeople want to know how it went. It's clear they know something, something's up, yeah. right? The second night comes, this time the philosopher is clearly drunk, but again, he's protected by the sacred circle. The witch can't penetrate the barrier, even though she's ramming it with her flying coffin. She's kind of surfing on her coffin, <laughs> ramming into this invisible wall. It's the next big fad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> coffin surfing. Uh, right before sunup, she speaks a curse upon him, turning his hair white. It's kind of an odd curse, but yeah. okay. This time, he's very forthcoming with how nightmarish it was to stay with the witch. The father won't hear of it and forces him to go back. Keep in mind, the philosopher tries to escape a few times during the film, and the townspeople kind of gather him up and, you know, reel him back in. He drunkenly goes back to the church a third and final night. He draws a sacred circle and claims he won't be afraid. He's kind of giving himself a pep talk. You know, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get my thousand pieces of gold. This time, the witch pulls out all the stops. We see skeletons resurrected. Giant hands appear from the ground. Real trippy sequence. Yep. Strange beasts, dem demonic creatures fill the church. And the witch lastly summons the evil god V. And he shows up and he commands the beast to raise his eyelids. And now V can see the philosopher and somehow he's able to break the circle. It's kind of unclear, but once he can see V, I'm sorry, once V can see the philosopher, mm -hmm. Suddenly, they all cave in on him. They start pouncing on the philosopher until the sun comes up. The witch then transforms back into her old, ugly self, lays back down kind of where the coffin was. And we see the, the philosopher just lying still, looking like he could be dead. So the film ends with a couple of seminarians drinking and speculating that the philosopher died because he lacked strength or faith to overcome the witch. They also ponder that Nobody really saw his body. What happened to it? So did he really escape? We don't know. He could have taken the thousand pieces of gold and left town. And it kind of ends on that mystery. The, the first attempt at a sequel in the Russian cinema. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't work out so well. I don't think they had V2. So unlike last episode, we had this long storied history with our film, which was Jaws. Oh, yeah. And we've both seen Jaws in the double digits at least, right? At least, yeah. I've seen that movie so many times. But V, you and I have never seen this film. We, we actually selected this for the podcast before we saw the film. So tell me about your first experience. My first experience, and I actually have watched it twice now. Wanted, okay. Uh, so I wanted to see it again just to kind of yeah. get really prepared for this. <clears throat> but um, my first experience, I started watching it, and... Jeff, I don't know if you remember this, but I texted you <laughs> shortly after it started yeah. asking you what in the world kind of movie you had me watching. <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, it starts out pretty weird, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, from my first viewing of this movie, mm -hmm. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I definitely liked the second half of the film Mm -hmm. Better than the first. Yeah. But really overall, especially after viewing it twice now, I, I don't know. It's pretty pretty good movie. It's well-crafted for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about you? So I watched it with my daughter and my son. 
my youngest. My daughter lasted about half the movie, and then she had to go, and then my son finished it. So that's to tell you right away that it's family-friendly. There's nothing too objectionable about this film. <laughs> really. uh, but I really enjoyed it. I, too, and we'll get into this, but clearly, to me, the best sequences were the nights with the witch and that struggle. That's where it was like all this bizarre stuff's happening, and it is like you're a little nervous for him. You don't know what's going to happen. Yep. It's not like this guy is Brad Pitt or some major movie star that you know they're not going to kill him. It's the Soviet Union. I don't know any of these people. All bets are off. You don't know what's going to happen to the, the characters in this film. And so I, too, I watched it and I was like, that was pretty cool. That was pretty neat. I need to see it again. And then the next night I watched it again. And this time I think I did watch. So the first time I watched it dubbed... And then I started watching the version on YouTube, which just had the subtitles. And I, I did. I really, I really liked this film. It was fun. All right, we're going to roll into our standouts now. Mike, what do you have for us? So in terms of, you know, looking at standouts of the film, mm-hmm. you know, I, there's something that I feel like was really crafted very well with this film, and it's, it's the direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The directing in this movie, um, from everything from the beginning, where you know you've got, it was definitely like a green screen or whatever they used back then uh-huh. during the flying sequence. Yeah, uh, and you can see the world kind of spinning in the background. Yeah, that was such a cool sequence, and I, I, I guess that would be considered maybe special effects. I don't know, uh-huh. but d- the direction of him running mm-hmm. through the field uh, that was cool. It reminded me, honestly, of you know directing of modern modern uh, directors. Um, yeah, you know that was really strong. I feel like the. Uh, camera angles, especially during the witch scenes where, um, you know, it's going around and around. Mm-hmm. It added confusion and, and you just don't know what's going on. Yeah. And I think if it had been, if the camera had been just placed on her as she's going around, you know, or maybe just still, right. it wouldn't have had the same effect yeah. as it had where it's spinning around. Honestly, it was, it was very good directing and, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, not like Steven Spielberg Jaws quality, <laughs> yeah. but but it it did the job, and it was it was uh, more than sufficient. It was yeah. really good, a pleasant surprise. And so I'm going to slaughter their names, but it was directed by Konstantin Yershov and Georgi Kropovaj, something like that. I'm I'm really sorry, guys, if you're still alive listening to this. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they are. <laughs> <laughs> It'd have to be very, very old right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm with you, and to dovetail off the direction, you mentioned the special effects. The creatures and the puppetry of the kind of the demonic creatures and the evil things. Yep. I really was reminded of Jim Henson's style puppetry, and yeah. this was 20 years before The Labyrinth came out. And I felt like this it's similar uh, vibe of mm-hmm. those creatures. Especially V, you know, when he comes out and, and they have to lift up his eyelids and stuff. It felt very Jim Henson-ish to mm-hmm. me. So I really like that. Um, we've all seen hell depicted in art, kind of the strange creatures and the nasty demons and stuff. And a lot of times they are these weird animals, like just something that's 
goofy, little weird, but also just feels evil. Mm-hmm. I thought they captured that really well in this movie. The yeah. the the na- especially the third night, the third night when oh, they yeah. call everybody out, and you just see all these just weirdo animals coming out. I mean, they they threw uh, they threw through everything at us, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, I, I remember seeing this little weird creature pop up. It looked around some animal. Yeah, I yeah. have no idea to this day what that is. Right. I've seen the movie twice. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, but they had that. They had a skeleton that was walking around. Yeah. Um, they had hands, big hands that came out of the floor. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, creatures. Yeah. So. Yeah, they just. I think they brought that insanity to life. Yeah. And it's a way that it wasn't just laughable. I think if all those things had come out and it had been a guy in like a gorilla suit, you know, we're just supposed to just buy into it. They would have lost us. Yep. But I felt like they'd done so well with the costuming. Yep. Uh, and then integrated the special effects, like you said. like it, you and, know. and the directing. That, yeah. I, I forgot to mention that. I mean, that, that end scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, I stood up out of my chair going, what is going on? What yeah. is going on? <laughs> I was yelling at the TV. Yeah. Because, like... Um, you know, he did the uh, the, the climbing down the wall of the animals yes. or whatever they are, the creatures. Um, you know, the hands. Uh-huh. Uh, that was special effects, but it's directing too. It's, yeah. Well, just I mean, the scene where she's like coffin surfing and yeah. hitting that wall. It's like, how did they do that? That's 1967. Yep. It how, was, how did they even achieve that? It was really well done. It, it was extremely well done. Um, yeah, so the, it was... Overall, special effects, directing, I mean, they did an amazing job. Yes. Uh, one more standout I'll throw out. Um, Leonid whew, Kralov, who plays the philosopher. I felt like it was a bold choice to make our hero a drunk, a coward, a liar. Yep. You know, he never owned up to what his sin was, you know, mm. beating that witch to, you know, an inch of her life. So he's this guy that just has all these flaws, but he's still a sympathetic character. For some reason, right? Yeah. Like he is, he's kind of scummy, right? Yeah. Um, but it's weird. And you have to kind of give credit where credit's due. And I think that's because of the portrayal that uh, Leonid gave mm-hmm. to that character. Yeah. I think you felt like he was human. Right. Yeah, he was human, and you know, at the end when he's laying in the circle, like I want to believe that he survived that night and he ran off with a thousand pieces of gold. I really want that yeah. for him. Yeah, but I, I, I think that, um, I think it was all planned. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing. I, I think the whole town was in on this. Was in on this and knew this was some form of torture. Yeah, I mean, how much. You, when you're talking about a seminary student, mm-hmm. how can you torture that that person, right? Yeah. Well, you you bring the stuff that they preach against, the demonic elements against them. Yeah. And uh, I think that father knew, mm-hmm. and that was it was all planned to to torture him. Yeah. To death. Yeah. I just wonder. I guess it's intriguing. And I don't know if this is an official standout. This is just us talking, but it's intriguing. Like this father, what did his daughter really look like? Was she the young, beautiful one 
or was she this super old nasty that it may have been a dude right that's dressed up as a girl <laughs> but like was that his daughter because she was way too old to be his daughter i think it was the younger one i think she was either cursed or it was some sort of trickery to i don't know to to maybe um get people to to bring their defenses down because maybe. she answered the door that first night as the old lady yeah yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I I just wonder what that relationship was all about because he seemed distraught about her death. And you're right. It, I wonder if there was if this was all done orchestrated for some reason. Maybe they had to do this to appease her. Maybe a final curse. They had to they had to do something to eliminate the curse. Maybe the town was tortured by her, and this was yeah exactly mm-hmm. a way to. Eliminate the curse. Who, who knows? Who knows? But I do like the fact that there's so much that's up for interpretation in this film. I agree. Yeah, it doesn't spell out everything. No. So I've got another uh, standout, and that is the performance of D- Natalia Varley as Pinochka. Okay. I feel like she was a scene stealer. She didn't have like any lines, practically. I, right. Hardly any lines, but there's... Her performance, so that first scene where she raises out of her casket yes, and she's feeling around, she was touching the, the, the force field or whatever you want to call that uh-huh. so well. I was like wondering if they had used some sort of glass yeah. thing. And I was trying to look at the palms of her hands yeah. to see if I could see, you know, pressing of the of the glass and I, I couldn't see it. So I think it was just, it boiled down to her performance. Yeah. It was really good. A good physical performance. Mm-hmm. The, the look, um, that she had on her face the whole time. And then the biggest thing, the thing that kind of gave, gave me chills mm-hmm. was when she started to shake. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Like that, I don't know if that was the director telling her to do that or if that was like the actor just going into the part, mm-hmm. but her shaking like that was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is different mm-hmm. than what we've seen before. Yeah. Like it looks like she is either getting extremely angry or, or the power is just too much for her. Yeah. So it was just really cool. Yeah. No, I, I do agree. I, I really enjoyed her performance. Like you said, very physical performance. It reminded me of a mime. Yeah. Just yeah. the way she was able to physically, you know, convey that I have a barrier between me and you. There's nothing I can do to get around it. Yep. Yeah. And that shaking scene, I think when I look back in this, in my memory of this film, it's always the scenes that are in the church, and most of them deal with her. Yeah. And that her shaking is like probably number one. <laughs> yeah. Or the coffin surfing. <laughs> yep. That, I mean, that, that was, uh, in terms of thinking about this movie, that's, those are probably the two scenes I would remember the most, I would think. That mm-hmm. and, the, of course, the end scene yeah. with all the creatures coming out. Yeah. yeah. And I do wonder about, like, what are their limitations can she not hear him either? Cause he's like yelling at her and she's like kind of blindly going around. She clearly can't see, but it seems like either something's wrong with her hearing. Cause she can't zero in on him either. So, well, yes and no. Like mm-hmm. she woke up 
from the dead because of him sneezing after he sniffed, yeah. sniffed the tobacco or whatever it was That's true. that he had. So she woke up because of sound. Mm-hmm. And maybe she didn't hear. I, I, like, I don't know. That's, yeah. that's where it leaves it up to interpretation. Right. But the, for sure, she's blind. Yes. yes. But I also think that there's something about blindness in this that is unique. Like, uh, or, or it's very focused on blindness, I should say. Mm-hmm. So she can't see. She, at some point, she curses him with the gray hair. But also, she cursed him with blindness Yes. Of course, he didn't really seem blind after that. No. But then you've got v- v- V at the end mm-hmm. who can't see unless his eyelids are are lifted. Yes. So it's just kind of interesting how there's a lot of blindness going on, and I'm curious about that. Yeah. Well, let's get into setbacks. Even though this film is an hour and 18 minutes... There are a lot of scenes that feel long, especially that first half of the film. The scenes, I think, in the seminary or with the seminary uh, student, the philosopher, and the townspeople, uh, the interactions with her father, they, they just seem like really long scenes. There are bizarre scenes. I'm not sure why they're in there. Like. <laughs> Why the the drinking in the the tavern before they get to the town? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That I think the uh, when he comes out and starts dancing and he demands people to play music so he could dance. Yeah, I like it. Just seemed like a very long scene. A lot of scenes where he's trying to escape and they kind of go back to that over and over again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's not. It wasn't dreadful. It wasn't like misery. But it just felt like I was ready for each night to happen. Once he was locked in there with the witch, now I'm getting, you know, a little scared for him. There's some suspense, a little bit of dread. Those scenes were just too good. That's the problem. Yeah. 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 The rest of the movie just, you know, you're just waiting for those three nights, basically. The rest of it, you're just kind of treading water until you get there. Yeah. So that's just, that's for me, you know, the scenes with the witch were so exciting. I wanted more of that. And the townsfolk, you know, those scenes just ran a little too long for me. But what about you? You know, for me, um, some of the, I don't know if this would be considered like a continuity error or what, but some of the things she was cursing him with never happened. Uh Uh-huh. So like the blindness. Yeah. He didn't, he had gray hair, but he never was blind. I mean, they kind of walk him out, but I got the sense that it was just because of was a hard night. Yeah. And then he starts dancing shortly after that. Right. Uh, and ran away. Yeah. So I kind of, um, I don't know. And then I'm a sucker for werewolves. Okay. Yeah. I, I love werewolves. <laughs> I don't know why, uh-huh. like vampires and werewolves. It's just like, it's so fun. Are you team Jacob instead of team Edward? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least the werewolf's not sparkly. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I, I just, I, I am a sucker for werewolves. And so when she's like, I call out all the vampires and the werewolves, uh-huh. I'm like waiting. I'm like, oh, what is this going to look yeah. like? What, yeah. you know, and all the creatures to me look like, I don't know if it's just their interpretation of a werewolf, <laughs> but all the creatures to me look like vampires. And I was like kind of disappointed that I didn't get to see a yeah. you know, werewolf. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's just a minor criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, I do agree with you on the timing, mm-hmm. um, especially in, in the bar scene. But yeah. there was some cool directing during that scene, too. Yeah. It showed how, how drunk he was. Remember, you had the guy open the door three times. Right. right. That was, that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, the only other thing I would say is some of the extras in this movie were pretty bad. There was mm-hmm. a scene where there were all those old women crying at the funeral procession. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's just, it was laughably like yeah. pretty terrible, <laughs> but I mean, it's 1967 Russia. What, you know, what, yeah. what can you ask for? You know, what can you do? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you and I totally could see that. Um, you know, one more thing I'll throw out there and I, this really could be interpreted as a, a standout as much as a setback, but this film is really weird. Like it is not a mainstream movie by any means. No way. Uh, Bizarre choices are made throughout the film without much explanation. Uh, When you and I were getting prepped for this, I was joking, like, why did the witch try to seduce the philosopher in her old, nasty lady form and not the young, beautiful girl form? Like, what? That's a weird choice. (laughs) And Maybe it's a Russian thing. Who knows? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Like... I've just wondered, like, what was she after? And you could say, well, yeah, well, that, that, we know what she was after. But, like, if you were after that, then why did you, why were you not in your normal form if you were the young girl, if that was your true form? So that was a little weird. I think the, her whole seduction scene where, when she gets on his back and, like, the movements and mm-hmm. everything that's happening is so foreign and so strange. Yeah. Like, all of that is just very bizarre. And she, she gets him on his back, on her back, yep. and flies around. All that is just, it's very weird. Like we mentioned, the philosopher, that whole dancing scene that he does. Yep. Not sure why that's in the movie. It's not really explained. Are we, are we supposed to get that he's going a little crazy? He's going a little batty? Well, some of it may be cultural, right? Um, mm-hmm. we, we may not fully understand some of this stuff because... We're not part of that culture, you know? Yeah. And maybe not even modern Russians would understand it because it was part of that Soviet era, uh, you know, uh, Russian um, understanding. But I will say uh, later in the movie, there's that story that was told about how when she was young, mm-hmm. or not even when she was young, it was like a couple years prior, there was a man and she like befriended him or something uh-huh. and he, she rode on him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a horse as well. Right. And so maybe she was, you know, trying to see if this guy would like her for her heart. I don't know. Or yeah, if, I mean, that's weird to say because yeah. <laughs> what did she do? She didn't even get feed the guy. I mean, yeah, <laughs> so, she didn't so, feed him. She didn't talk to yeah. him. But it was just a odd thing to yeah. to and by the way, cool special effects too though in that scene where he just <laughs> leans forward, yes, straight as a board, right? Yes, that was super cool. Yeah, and then she jumps on top of him and they fly. And it's funny because he looked like he was enjoying it at first. He's like, yeah. "Oh, you know, wow, this is really cool." And then all <laughs> of a sudden, he realizes 
you know, that he needs to curse her yeah. know, in God's name. So, Yeah. And then the evil beings not being able to see. Yeah. That's a little weird. And then they have to open V's eyes. I think it's, I guess if you were watching it in that time, maybe you know the short story this comes from and you know who V is and you're like, oh yeah, like stuff's going to go down. V's opened his eyes now. Yeah. But I think for a modern audience watching that, it was just bizarre. Like, okay, like I didn't know that was a thing and now you've made it a thing and boom, the end of the movie's here. Yeah. So that's, it's just odd, right? It's just odd. So that would only, that would be my only other setback is I was like, I mean, I'm not joking. I got up off the couch. I was like, <laughs> what is going on here? You know, as all these creatures start coming out, cause it was yeah. just so cool. And the hands coming out, Yeah, you know, it was just so weird and so cool. I have to say, I was a little let down by the actual creature v. of V. Oh, uh. And I might be the only one, maybe it's because I got so into that scene and the, yeah. the special, the, the costuming was so good with the yeah. double eyes on some of these creatures and stuff that when he came out, it, it, you're right. It reminded me of something like Labyrinth or stuff, something like that. Yeah. And I wasn't in that frame of mind of, of that thinking. Yeah. And so I kind of wish the creature design had been a little better yeah. for V. Because he's like the pen, like that is the big boss, you right? Know? The big boss. Um, but I mean, it didn't ruin the movie for me, and it's a good creature design. It's not like it's bad. Yeah. It just, you know, to me, it kind of took me out of it a little bit. I had read that that costume was so heavy mm-hmm. that they had to get like an incredible strong man to wear that suit, uh, like a circus performer. Circus performer, yeah, yeah, like a traditional strong man in a circus to be able to just wear it and to walk. <laughs> yeah. I actually wonder if she, he was, uh, friends or knew of, cause, uh, the, um, Natalie Varley, who is uh-huh. Panachka actually was found from a circus as well. Oh, really? So maybe, or maybe that was just common back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I can see what you mean. It was a little, maybe a little silly, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, but then I guess my mind did go to the labyrinth and I was like, okay, I think I can, I resolved it in my mind. I was fine with it. Yeah. Um, I, I think the worst part was them opening his eyes because it was clearly just like some sort of apparatus that was folded in half and they just went from folded to unfolded yeah. and boom, you can see. It didn't really feel like those are real eyes, right? But by the way, in my, like my researching of this movie and kind of trying to get as much information as possible, uh-huh. I ran across a YouTube animation that was done and it had to have been, I mean, recent, it wasn't like from the eighties or anything. Yeah. And it was just of the church scene. Oh, and really? It was really cool. The creature designs in that was was really cool. Okay. It's like literally maybe like a five-minute watch. It's really, I recommend it. It's okay. pretty cool. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I saw there was a movie like from 2014. Yeah. It's also called V. I wondered, you know, what it's all about. Is it the same kind of thing? Well, before I saw that there was a movie in, from 2014, I was thinking to myself, this movie is prime for for like being made today. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, can you imagine, I mean, not, maybe not even today, like, but could you have imagined John Carpenter making <laughs> oh something like, like thing quality, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, effects. Yeah. Oh, it would have been so good. He would have done an amazing job. Oh yeah. And I, I think if it had been done, maybe more American audiences would have, you know, found it. I mean, yeah, obviously no one. I don't know. Was was Russian film? I'm sure the Russian films weren't. Well, I think you could screened. do it. You could do it today, and then set it in the past. Because oh, I yeah. think it would be weird to say, "Oh, we're going to spend a night with a corpse three nights in a row." Yeah. But you know, we all kind of know folk horror, right? We all know that like people did weird things back in the day. Mm-hmm. You could have it take place in an American Northwest or, or Northeast, rather. You know, some sort of situation where they they think somebody was a witch in Salem or something. Yeah. And it would be creepy. Like, we would all be weirded out. Yeah. Yeah, I totally could see that. I definitely got uh, Midsummer vibes from it. Did you ever see that movie, Midsummer? No, no. Um, it's, it, it's kind of a uh, Scandinavian, like, these group of teens go to a Scandinavian village uh-huh. And there's like a midsummer uh, kind of festival that's going on, and it's weird, and everybody's okay. in on it except for the people that are there. Oh. And it's just I, that's kind of the vibe that I got from this town is the all these people are in on it. They all yeah. know, you know, that this guy is doomed. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of like Wicker Man. Did you ever see the Wicker Man? Uh, you did, yeah, yeah. Same kind of thing. That I think that's the creepiest of horror to me. Yeah, it's like folk horror where yeah. it's rooted in like witchcraft and and people coming together doing weird practices and human sacrifice. Just I think because we've all heard those stories, you know, I'm, I imagine it's happened in history. <laughs> Sure, it has, <laughs> <laughs> and it's creepy, right? Like, yeah. it's, they're not real. I mean, they're not like fantastical ghosts and goblins. It's like people doing evil crap, right? Yeah, yeah. that's scary. <laughs> yeah, yep, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, I, I too, I wonder. I, I can't help but to wonder, like, why this one guy got selected. You know, because they, I guess, there was the three guys that showed up at the wrong place at the wrong time. They went to the witch's place and he was just selected, I guess. I, I, I honestly, I think it boils down to maybe that guy like resembled the guy that she actually rode on the first time that yeah. I, I, I assumed there was a love story there. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, or maybe she had the hots for him and yeah. wanted to seduce him with her amazing old man <laughs> body. <laughs> <laughs> just weird (laughs) so strange now i really like this film and we'll get into this in a minute Mm -hmm. but i would like to see riff tracks or mystery science theater riff on this movie yes (laughs) this would be prime for it for sure yeah (laughs) all right now we're going to talk about what was your favorite scene from the film it's really hard to beat the third night yeah. You knew something big was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because it had like gotten worse and worse, right? Right. And there was only a little bit left in the movie. And when she started calling out for the vampires and the zombies and... Yeah. I mean, that was a pretty cool ending to that movie. Yeah. 
all those, the big hands coming out, the hands coming out of the woodwork, <laughs> yeah. the direction with the creatures crawling along the walls. Yes. Even just like at the end of it, when the daylight broke or where the rooster crawled and, and you know, the, the ones with wings, they flew up. It was just, yeah. Overall, the, um, that last scene, I could like totally skip the entire first part of the movie. Yeah. And just watch that scene mm-hmm. and feel like I I got a really good treat. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I love that scene. That's my favorite in the film too. But a close second would be the first night because we haven't really spent any time with her as a young, beautiful woman yet. And it's very confusing, like why she transformed from that awful, ugly witch into this girl. And now she's laying there and we don't know what's going to happen. And then, like you said, when he sneezes and her eyes open, and actually before that, she had like a tear come down oh, yeah. that turned to blood, which I thought was pretty cool. That, how did they do that? It had to be <laughs> some chemical reaction. Some, yeah, yeah. That was cool. That was very cool. And then, like you said, when she when he sneezed or he did something, and her eyes come up, and she she sits up, kind of Michael Myers style, because she's yeah. laying down, and just her top half just raises up. And stares, looks in that direction. And then her just kind of feeling around, trying to figure out where he is. It just was, it was bonkers. And yeah. I, I really like that. So that was a good close second, I think, to the to the final scene. Let's be honest, man. The second night was pretty awesome, too. <laughs> the coffin surfing, yeah. The coffin <laughs> surfing. Like, <laughs> the whole second half of this movie yeah. was just super cool. Yeah. But a couple dragging scenes when he's outside of the the church. But every yeah. one of the church scenes was yeah, just really, really well done. Yeah. Yeah, and I was genuinely concerned about this guy that really is kind of a scummy guy. Yeah, it's weird that we were concerned about him. Yes. Right? <laughs> like, if this was, if this were to take place today in a movie, mm-hmm. I don't think we would be rooting for him as much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you don't root for the bad guys. No. And he was a bad guy. Yeah. You know, we talked about this a little bit the last episode with Jaws and Hooper. And how it was kind of a bold choice to have Hooper scream and yell at the chief so much. Yeah. They'd built up this chief character so much that we were really invested in him 100%. And it was bold choice to have Hooper, like, scream at him probably four or five times during the, the last half of the movie, but we still love them. You know, there's just something about it. I think it's a humanizing effect. Yeah. In real life, there, there is muddy water. Like, there are conflicts. There is gray area. And the people that are kind of flawed, and we all have people in our lives that are flawed, but you love them anyway. Yeah. And I think today... And I'm talking about movies like Captain Marvel. <laughs> I'm calling people out, right? Like they paint these characters to be so one-sided. They're so perfect in every way. But they haven't earned it. But they haven't earned it. Yes. Yes. Like we don't, we're not invested in you, right? We, we don't care about you as a character because you haven't earned our trust, our love, our adoration. Yep. We're not invested in you. So when you're fighting a big baddie at the end, we don't really care if you win or lose. And we already know you're going to win, right? Anyway. Yeah. I really enjoyed the fact that our main character was what he was 
but we still cared about him and we're still like hoping that he survived that ending. Well, he was a bad guy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. really all those monks were. I mean, they were a little <laughs> little hooligans. Yeah. Little rapey, right? At the beginning of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Capturing the linen women with their linens. I mean, it was pretty pretty weird. But uh I mean, he was a bad guy, but he also, I mean, let's be honest, you know, you go to a, a old lady's barn, she starts to seduce you and she starts to ride you like a horse. Yeah. <laughs> and you start to fly in the air. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Would what would you do if you landed? Like you it's this is a violation of your free will. Yes. You know, maybe you and I wouldn't beat her to death, but yeah. we certainly wouldn't be kind and friendly to this person who took away our free will and had us in a trance, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so I think that's where you kind of, he kind of earns a little bit of sympathy mm-hmm. that he was kind of thrown into this situation, even though he's despicable. Mm-hmm. He was thrown into this situation, and it's kind of like a tragic tale in a way. Yeah, uh, you know. So, I don't know. No, that's a good. That's a good point. I think too that's the folk horror element. They believe in witches, and who knows what they were taught? You know what witches could do. Like if you're ever in the yeah. presence of a witch, so who knows? Like watching it, it was pretty brutal to watch him beat her nearly to death, and ultimately he did beat her to death. Yep. Let me ask you, did you find this movie to be scary? Is this a scary film? You know, honestly, it's really hard to scare me. Uh-huh. But if I had seen this movie and been, <laughs> been open to watching a weird Russian foreign language horror film at the age of, let's say, 14, yeah. and I had seen that last couple, maybe not even 14, maybe like 12. Uh-huh. And I'd seen that last three nights. Mm-hmm. Might have scared me. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? I think the, yeah, the three nights with the witch, they were tense. At the right age, it could have yeah. been scary. I would say creeped out. I was yeah. creeped out. When she was shaking. Yeah. That, for me, that scene was just unnerving. Yeah. It was unnerving. Yeah, again, I think it's because we don't know where this movie's coming from. It wasn't following a formula that we're all accustomed to. And again, picking on movies today, yeah, there's this formula, right? So I don't know what's going to happen. This movie's kind of bonkers. And so I was a little, I was worried, I was concerned. You know, I, it definitely, yeah, it creeped out. I think it's good way to look at it especially that third night when she starts calling on all the the creatures from hell basically to show up and everyone they just but keep the werewolves showing. yeah everyone but the werewolves <laughs> she called on them they didn't show up yeah what <laughs> lousy animals lousy dogs they never listen <laughs> maybe that creature that was we didn't know what it was that poked his head up maybe that was the werewolf maybe <laughs> it's really really not scary <laughs> There is one other thing I kind of wanted to bring up tonight. All right. And um, I, I just find it really interesting. Uh, this is 1967, Soviet era. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in the height of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, this is the only Russian movie that is approved by the censors mm-hmm. to be to have a wide release, right? Right. And you know, I I just was kind of watching the movie, especially the second time, trying to like analyze, you know, why they would do this. Why mm-hmm. would they release it to the public? Mm-hmm. Um, as they're drinking their vodka uh, sodas <laughs> and they're, you know, <laughs> eating <laughs> their, their bread, uh, popcorn yeah. or whatever. Um, and it, I think it was, you know, this movie is really, it's very strongly anti-religious. Yeah. I got the feeling. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to like look at the, the first of all, the, the very beginning, right? You've got the, uh, the, the students mm-hmm. at the monastery that even when their, you know, preacher leader, what is he called? I can't remember what is. I don't uh, remember the father or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Even when he's talking to them about being good, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're milking goats as they're saying <laughs> the prayer yeah. and then they run off and they're <laughs> very rapey yeah. and, you know, they steal chickens and all this stuff. So they're hooligans and it's just yeah. the depiction of, the church and the people who lead the church was uh, very unfavorable. <laughs> very unfavorable. And then you know it continues on this journey of this guy who uh, he is not living what he preaches, right? He's yeah. he's uh, you know um, lies. Uh, he, he even says, you know, may thunder strike me down if if I'm lying to the yeah. father of the daughter he just killed, right? Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, the drinking is heavy, very heavy. Uh, the, you know, the, um, the depictions of Jesus, the, the, he doesn't look like a kind, the depictions of Jesus were like as evil looking as you can get. <laughs> yes, they were. I just find it really interesting that this movie was the only one that was approved. And it was, um, a famous novel by Nikolai, uh, Gogol, I okay. think, uh, and so it was a famous like story by him. So mm-hmm. that's how it got past the censors. Oh yeah. Of, you know, as being this, you know, this literary masterpiece in Russian culture. Mm-hmm. But uh they they sure made it anti-religious mm-hmm. and it, you know, and, and made made it a wide release to to the public. And what's even more interesting is the fact that um the previous movie that you guys like Sunday, yeah, was also uh, based on the same guy's novel, but completely different story. Yeah, yeah, that's an Americanized. Oh wait, no, it was Italian. It was it's an Italian. It- yep, Mario Italian. Bava directed that. Yeah, but you're right. I think communism famously tried to make everybody scatter. They didn't want any kind of organized groupings whatsoever, and they definitely didn't want uh, like a powerful church rising up. You know, where you get a kind of like a, this, this feeling of like martyrism, you know, we're going to take down the big guy and we don't care if we die in the fight because that was so much, so much prevalent in the Bible, right? It was um, martyrism, right? Yeah. And so they famously tried to do anything they could to eliminate churches and dispel organized groups, organized religion, so yeah, there's a little bit of programming going on in this movie for sure. It makes you want to go back to 1967 Russia and just be a fly on the wall 
and see what like the religious talk was. Mm-hmm. Were there old religious uh, type folks or parents or you mm-hmm. know, churches that were discouraging people from going to see this movie? Or did they feel like they, you know, had to say nothing about the movie because it was a propaganda film? True. True. Um, but I just, I, I'm very curious. Like, I would love to see some sort of documentary on the release of this movie. Yeah. You know, to the, to the Russian public. So in the scenes where the philosopher is like, he's using things, I think, from the Bible, basically, cursing out demons in the name of Jesus, or at least in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. He does something like that. He's doing all these commands we would expect a religious person to use. I was under the impression that like, this is a case where he has no power because he doesn't really believe like to your point That's, earlier, that is exactly what I took from it. Yeah. That's why when, uh, Vi or V, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, could finally see his eyelids came back. Yeah. That is when, you know, he just didn't have enough faith. Yeah. And they even questioned that right yeah. at the very end, there's two buddies, you know, mm-hmm. did he not have enough faith? Is that why he didn't survive? Or I yeah. can't remember exactly what they said, but yeah, it was interesting that they had that scene at the end mm-hmm. to kind of explain this is why he lost. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I took it. It's like, had he been like Billy Graham there, <laughs> yeah. maybe he would have had a different outcome than this guy. Because this guy didn't have enough faith. He didn't really believe. Just like you said earlier, like, may God strike me dead if I'm telling you a lie. Oh, he was lying. Why would you say that if you really believed, right? Like, you really believed in the power of God. So... Yeah, I think he was exposed well, as being, but but that that that's against the propaganda, right? Yeah, you have to. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I honestly, I, this is just my thoughts. I'm pouring out, you know. Yeah, about this movie, uh, what I thought about it. But you're right. He didn't seem to have enough faith, and that's why they got him. Yeah, maybe that got past the censors. I I don't know. Yeah, it did seem to be very anti-religious. Yeah, though. I definitely felt like it leaned more in that direction. Like you said, there was no comforting pictures of Christ. He looked yeah. miserable and cold and just as mean as any of the villains <laughs> Christ- in the movie. Christianity definitely wasn't the religion of love at that point <laughs> <laughs> depicted in that movie. <laughs> but no, very interesting. Very interesting. So now we come to our point when we say yay or nay to this film. So what say ye, Mike? So if, if you guys haven't gather, uh, gathered you know, from what we've said, I would say yay for sure. This is a treat. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yes, it's a foreign film. It's got mm. subtitles or it's got uh, dubbing yeah. you know, from whatever source you're watching it from. But... It's a short, a pretty short film. It's got some weird scenes in it, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's really it, it gives you a gift at the end. Yeah, and 
Um, I highly recommend it. I, I, I really liked it a lot. Yeah. If I had a scale, I'd probably give it a eight out of 10. Yeah. I'm with you. I feel like we always complain about Hollywood not having new ideas or things that are kind of left of center or right of center. And here you have a movie that is odd. It's bizarre, but it's fun. It's interesting. It's engaging. And I would definitely would recommend it. It's not a long film. Like we mentioned, I think it's an hour and eight minutes. It's not a big time investment. And it's just got some really great scenes that I think are going to stick with me. Like I'm going to remember this movie. Yeah. Again, it's those three nights with the witch I'm going to remember. Yep. And maybe in total, that's, I don't know, 25 minutes of the hour and eight minutes. Maybe it's 30 minutes of the hour and eight minutes. But that's really powerful stuff. So yeah, it's a yay for me. I totally agree. All right, we did have some comments on our Instagram about this film. I'll share with you. Helena Housewife said, I loved it so much. Apparently, Brian said, love this weirdo movie. (laughs) (laughs) I concur. (laughs) Uh, Ardvin said, very good film. The last few minutes are stop motion genius. Sado Dada, which is our friend Chris, he says, love this movie. It's on Shudder. Rich, sumptuous visuals. The effects hold up very well. Absolutely. I mean, that's honestly, the the visuals are amazing. Yeah. The coloring, everything. Yeah, I agree. Plutonian Shore said, absolutely fantastic movie. The first time I saw it, I had to watch it again the next day because it was so good. (laughs) That's (laughs) that's, us. That's us. (laughs) That's literally both of us. Uh, Old but not obsolete said, love it. The camera work is outstanding. Mihaila Alexandra said, Soviet masterpiece. Yes. Least worst option said, masterful, absolutely beautiful. A well-deserved Soviet classic, highly recommended. Yeah. So you see a general theme here, right? Yeah. A lot of people agree with us. Monster Zerone said, own it on Blu-ray. Been a favorite since being introduced to it by a friend on Laserdisc. Wow. Laserdisc. That was a while ago. (laughs) Did you ever own Laserdisc, Mike? I didn't, actually. I went straight to the DVD. Oh, yeah. Well, Mike, it was great having you again this week, doing this movie. This is kind of unusual, a little off the beaten path, but I think we had a good time. This was such a surprise, this movie. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Jeff, for letting me come along on this uh, Russian journey. Awesome. Something we hadn't mentioned until now is, of course, you haven't heard Kim's voice. She had the night off. (laughs) Yay, for a break. (laughs) But she's back now. Here I am. What are we going to do for our next episode? Okay, our next movie is a Vincent Price thriller. So it's from 1973. This is called Theater of Blood. And I think Mr. Price gets to play a Shakespearean actor, which is right up his alley, Yep. who doesn't get such great reviews and decides to take out his revenge in very Shakespearean ways upon the critics. Yes. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Kim is a big fan of Shakespeare. I am. <laughs> so I'm anxious to see how she does with his film. Oh, we'll see. Well, I'm not an expert. I just like Shakespeare. Okay. <laughs> it is rated R to put that out there. We have seen this before, and I think it must be for some of the gruesomeness of it, because yeah. there's really nothing. I mean, it's a Vincent Price movie. 
I think it's a pretty tame film. Yeah. But maybe in rated rated R in 1973, right. I guess. There's definitely a lot of death, a lot death of killing. And blood-ish yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, all right. Well, very well. We'll see you next time, guys. Happy movie watching. Enjoy your movies, guys. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out.